Welcome to Faith Life Fellowship Podcast with Dr. Scott Forrest. Please enjoy today's message. Hallelujah. So say it with me. We're a church growing and thriving, overflowing with love, strengthening the family, transforming the community, impacting the world, where every member is a minister and a church alive is worth the drive. Amen. Woohoo! Praise the Lord. All right. So have you talked to your body lately? Part two. Amen. That was very timely. <laughs> Jesus told us in Mark eleven twenty three that we could have the things that we say as long as we believe that the things we say will come to pass. Amen. It's been preached on a lot, but not many people are actually doing it. Amen. Last week. We started with a read-through of Mark 11, verse 12 through 24, for context and for flow of this amazing passage. And then we circle back for a closer look, verse by verse. This week, we'll return to our verse by verse look at the cursing of the fig tree and see if we can pull out some other things that we didn't mention last week. Now, remember from last week that Jesus and his disciples were staying at the house of Simon the leper in Bethany, two miles from Jerusalem. And Jesus began what would be the last week of his earthly life with his triumphant entry into the gate beautiful on Palm Sunday and the week ending with his crucifixion, death, burial, and resurrection. Amen? And during that week, Jesus established a routine whereby he and his disciples would travel from Bethany to Jerusalem, spend the day there teaching and ministering, and then return to Bethany for the evening. So that's the context, and that's the flow of this passage. So Mark eleven twelve through 14 to begin with. And on the morrow, when they were come from Bethany, he was hungry. And seeing a fig tree afar off having leaves, he came, if haply he might find anything thereon. And when he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for the time of figs was not yet. Now I am told, and I have read, that if there were leaves showing on the tree, that generally meant that there would be fruit. Okay? So the leaves gave the appearance that there would be fruit, but there was no fruit. Amen. So here in verse 13, we see that Jesus, being led by the Holy Spirit, cursed the fig tree for its lack of fruitfulness and then used it as a teaching moment later on. And Jesus answered and said unto it, No man eat fruit of thee hereafter forever. And his disciples heard it. Now, I think this is kind of funny. For Jesus to answer the tree, it must mean in some way the tree spoke to him. What do you think the tree said? Well, I think the tree said this. I just faked you out with my leaves. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> you ain't getting no fruit from me this morning. To which Jesus replied, and this is my paraphrase, maybe not, but nobody's ever going to eat fruit from you again. Now, it's amazing to contemplate, but there's no way around the fact that Jesus spoke to a tree. How many out there have ever spoken to a tree? Your favorite tree in the backyard. Hello, friend. How are you doing today? How are your branches feeling? 
your fruit's looking awful nice today. Nobody really in their normal routine talks to a tree, right? So, praise the Lord, Jesus talked to a tree. But what's even more noteworthy is this. He not only talked to the tree, but he was acutely aware of the power that he had to bless and curse with his words. He had the power to speak words of life or speak words of death. And in this situation, because of its unfruitfulness, he spoke words of death to this tree. Proverbs 18.21 says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. I like the way it says it in the message. Words kill, words give life. They're either poison or fruit. You choose. We have the power to bless and to curse, to speak words of life or to speak words of death based on the situation, based on the scenario. Amen. Mark 11, let's skip down to verse 19 and go to verse 22. And when even was come, he went out of the city. Now that evening, about 12 hours later, when they were headed home and passed by the tree that Jesus cursed, no one said a word because there was no outward evidence that the tree was already dead. Verse 20. And in the morning, as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. And Peter, calling to remembrance, saith unto him, Master, behold, the fig tree which thou cursed is withered away. So you see, the next morning, 24 hours later, it was evident to all that the tree was dead and dried up from the roots, and Peter was the first one to sing out the news. And Jesus capitalized on the teaching moment that he had created by cursing the tree the day before. And this is what he said. Verse 22, And Jesus answering saith unto them, Have faith in God. As I said last week, I'll say it again. I don't know any more loaded statement in the Bible than this one. And Jesus answering saith unto them, have faith in God. Some translations render this last part like this. Have the faith of God or have the God kind of faith. So this is no lightweight lesson that Jesus is teaching to his disciples. Jesus made it clear. Listen to me. Jesus made it clear that what he did when he cursed that fig tree was a demonstration of faith in God or the faith of God or the God kind of faith. Amen. So I think it's worthy of our study and worthy of our interest, even though you've heard this probably preached up one side and down the other. Amen. You need to hear it again. And you need to get it down in your spirit. And you need to begin walking in it. Amen. Hallelujah. Now remember in verse 14 that Jesus answered the tree. Which means the tree was saying things. Both physically and spiritually. Then Jesus answered it with a curse and said no one will eat fruit from you ever again. But I submit to you that the tree had a few more things to say to Jesus and his disciples before it was all said and done, no pun intended. Hear me out. When Jesus and his party passed by the tree 12 hours later that evening, when they were headed back to Bethany, 
I think the tree said this. Your curse didn't work. I'm still here. I'm not dead. I'm not dead yet. (laughs) For you Monty Python fans. But the following morning, 24 hours later, the tree was silent and the tree was dead. Although you got to know it was dead the second that Jesus cursed it, it took about 24 hours for that death to manifest in a way that everybody could observe. So, let's apply that to our physical bodies, which is the whole point of this teaching. If Jesus can speak to a tree, then you can speak to your body, amen? You can speak to other people's bodies. You can speak to their bodies and command healing to flow. You can curse sickness and disease. You can command symptoms and pain to leave in Jesus' name. You've been given that authority. You've been given that power by Jesus. Amen. Sometimes when we curse sickness or or disease in our bodies, symptoms or pain will persist for a period of time which will try to convince us that our words did not come to pass. When all the time, I believe that sickness or disease dies in the spirit realm the minute you curse it. And if we hold fast without wavering, our healing will eventually manifest in the natural. Amen. If you just never give up, never back down and hold on to the word of faith, you can't go wrong. Amen. Jesus demonstrated and said When there's a period of time between the amen and the there it is, or when you spoke it and when it manifests, if you're patient and stand on the word during that transition time, Jesus says that's the God kind of faith. Between the amen and there it is, I proclaimed it, I said it, and there it is, There may be a period of time. Usually there is. I wish I could say every time I prayed for people to be healed, it was instant. I've had many that were instantly healed, but most were healed after a period of time. In that period of time, you need to have the faith of God, and you need to continue to declare what is true over your body, regardless of what your body says, your pain, or your symptoms may be persisting, you have got to stand on the word and say, I'm healed by the stripes of Jesus. Jesus took my infirmities and bore my sicknesses, and with his stripes I was healed. If I was healed, I am healed. Matthew 8, 16, 17, 1 Peter 2, 24, Isaiah 53, 4, and 5. Now, pain, symptoms, you do not belong on my body. Depart in Jesus' name. You know, sometimes we feel like it's weird to talk to our body. But listen, you'll get over it if you practice it a while. Say, body, be straight. Body, be healed. Body, line up with the Word of God. Pain, symptoms, get off my body in Jesus' name. This is my property. You do not belong here. Glory to God. Amen. Now, the coup de grace, Mark eleven twenty three through 25. Some verses y'all may not have heard before. One preacher said it like this. You know those verses that Kenneth Hagin wrote in the Bible? 
Because <laughs> he preached it so often before he went to be with the Lord. Hallelujah. For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Amen. Now listen, I grew up word of faith. I'm proudly word of faith. Okay? And we've been criticized. Name it and claim it. Blab it and grab it. You know, things like that. Well, listen. If this doesn't mean what it seems to say, come and tell me what you think it means. But I tell you what it says to me. If you believe the words that are coming out of your mouth and they line up with the word and will of God and don't doubt those things that you say will come to pass. You can have what you say, provided it lines up with the word and the will of the father. Amen. Now, notice in this verse that Jesus mentions believing only one time, but he mentions speaking three times. Let's go through it. For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say, there's one, unto this mountain, be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith, there's number two, shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. That's number three. Three times more saying than believing. I don't believe God's people are missing it in the believing. We believe the word of the Lord. I think we're missing it in the speaking. It's old school and it's old fashioned, but it's Bible. You know, Paul said, if you believe something, eventually you're going to speak it out of your mouth. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Second Corinthians 4.13 We having the same spirit of faith, according as it is written, I believed and therefore have I spoken. We also believe and therefore speak. If you believe something, then start speaking what you believe. Amen. Part of the reason for doing that is so that faith will rise in your heart. Because when you hear yourself say it, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Romans 10, 17. Amen. That's probably one of the main reasons that you need to speak the word of God constantly so that you hear it on the inside. You hear it with your inner ears. You hear it in a way that no one else hears it. You ever notice when you... Speak into a recording voice memo for those in the 21st century. Reel-to-reel recorder for some of us older people. When you make a recording and you go back and listen to it, it doesn't sound like you to you. You're like, who is that hick? You know, oh my God, I didn't know I had such a twang, you know. And it doesn't really sound like you because, but it is you. You're hearing the voice that everybody else hears. Because they hear it with their outer ear. You've been used to hearing yourself speak with your inner ear. So when you hear yourself with your outer ear, it sounds slightly different. I say the inner ear is the, is the pathway to your heart. And you need to hear yourself say the word of God out loud. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You know, I... I 
I just feel like I need to mention this. Romans uh, 8, 9, and 10 talk about if thou shalt believe that Jesus is Lord, confess with your mouth, believe in your heart, thou shalt be saved. I've actually had people ask me, well, what about somebody that can't speak? How do they get saved? I'm here to tell you, there is a spirit man on the inside of you, and he has a voice. And for those that cannot speak physically, they can still speak with the spirit man's voice. Listen, they can do sign language, repeat the sinner's prayer, however they do it. Their spirit, if they really are believing the words that they hear, I promise you, whether you hear it or not, they're confessing it with their spirit man voice. Now, I know for a fact that your spirit man has a voice, and I've been privileged and honored over the years to have heard my own spirit voice speaking on many occasions, laying in the bed, lips are not moving, and I hear my spirit man start talking the word of the Lord. One time I was laying in the bed, and I heard a voice, and it was my voice, and it said, you are growing weaker, and I am growing stronger. It scared me at first. I thought, wow, what's that all about, you know? That was my spirit speaking to my flesh. I am growing stronger, and you are growing weaker. Amen. Another time, I heard my own human spirit speaking and exhorting my soul to line up with the Word of God so that they could dominate the flesh and do the Word and the will of the Lord. I actually heard that. I don't have time to share that testimony, but listen, I said all of that to say this. Your spirit, man, when you speak with your physical mouth, he is in unison with you. He is also speaking. There is a spirit man on the inside of you, and he does have a voice. So don't worry about people who can't speak. If they hear the word of the Lord, even if they hear it in sign language and they respond, they have believed and they have confessed with their mouth that Jesus is Lord. Amen. Somebody here was wondering about that. So the Holy Ghost said, tell them what's going on. Hallelujah. So. Evidently, here in 2 Corinthians 4, 13, we having the same spirit of faith, according as it is written, I believed, and therefore have I spoken. We also believe, therefore speak, according to the Apostle Paul, one of the major ways we demonstrate the spirit of faith is by speaking out exactly what it is that we believe. Amen? I believe I'm redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Hallelujah. I've been redeemed from the curse of the law. Hallelujah. All known sickness and disease is a part of the curse of the law. Therefore, I've been redeemed from all known sickness and disease. It is healthy to start talking like that. Amen. Hallelujah. Verse 24 says, therefore, getting back to Mark 11, 23, 24, and 25. Verse 24 says, Therefore I say unto you, what things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you shall have them. Now I used to wonder for years how Jesus switched from declaring in verse 23 to praying in verse 24. And I finally realized that what Jesus was saying is that speaking and making declarations is a vital part of your prayer life. When you're praying... Part of your prayer should be declaring what you know belongs to you. Amen. 
speaking it out of your mouth and believe it in in your heart. Amen. Glory to God. Verse 25. And when you stand praying, forgive. If you have aught against any, that your Father also which is in heaven may forgive you your trespasses. I was meditating on this verse, and the Lord reminded me of two occasions that involve the spirit of faith and speaking the word of God. One of them has to do with forgiveness, and one of them has to do with healing. Isn't that coincidental? I like what Einstein said about coincidences. A coincidence is when God prefers to remain anonymous. <laughs> I like that. Hallelujah. So let me read this again. And when you stand praying, forgive, if you have ought against any, that your Father also, which is in heaven, may forgive you your trespasses. I believe this verse is very significant when it comes to believing God for personal healing or when ministering healing to others. There's nothing like an unforgiving heart that will block the believer from receiving healing from the Lord, even unbelievers. So if you're believing and speaking healing and you're still holding a grudge against anyone for anything, I urge you to release that thing to the Lord. I'll say it again. I was meditating on this verse. And I was reminded of two occasions where Jesus taught that speaking is the preferred method when it comes to demonstrating the spirit of faith. Hallelujah. Let's read the first one. It has to do with forgiveness. Luke 17, 3 through 6. Take heed to yourselves. If thy brother trespass against thee, rebuke him. And if you repent, forgive him. And if he trespass against thee seven times in a day, and seven times in a day turn again to thee, saying, I repent, thou shalt forgive him. And the apostles said unto the Lord, Increase our faith. And the Lord said, If you had faith as a grain of mustard seed, you might say unto this sycamine tree, Be thou plucked up by the root, and be thou planted in the sea, and it should obey you. So Jesus is teaching on forgiveness. And he says, listen, if they sin against you seven times a day and come back and repent, forgive them. And they said, Lord, increase our faith. In other words, we're not sure we have enough faith to forgive one person seven times a day. And then later on in another passage, he says, hey, listen, 70 times seven, 490 times in one day, and you should still forgive them. Now, that's hyperbole. There's no way in the world that somebody could offend you or do you wrong 490 times a day. It just, it's not physically possible. So Jesus was saying, it doesn't matter how many, you need to forgive. Which says to me that sometimes forgiveness has to be an act of faith. Because you do not always feel forgiveness. You feel hurt. You feel betrayed you feel all the pain associated when somebody says or does something hurtful to you. Yet Jesus says, you need to start speaking. He says, if you had faith for forgiveness, you would say, you would start speaking. How about this? I forgive, fill in the blank, for what he or she said or did to me, and I release them in the name of Jesus. 
I forgive them as an act of my will, whether I feel it in my soul or not, because the love of God has been shed abroad in my heart by the Holy Ghost. Therefore, I release them by faith and I hold no ill will toward them anymore. And when those feelings of unforgiveness come back, you need to start speaking again. I have forgiven them. It is over. It is finished. It will not change the way I deal with them or act around them because I have forgiven them. It's an act of faith, one that many will not pursue. And when it comes to healing, I've run across people who are bound up with disease and they're so full of bitterness, you can't get them healed. You can't get them healed. So, if there's anybody in here, you've been pursuing healing, you've got chronic symptoms or pain, and you're holding a grudge against anybody, I urge you this morning, release that thing to the Lord. Do it by faith. And let the healing power of God flow through your body. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. The other instance in which Jesus linked speaking with the spirit of faith is in Matthew 17, 15 through 20. There was a boy that was possessed with a deaf and dumb spirit. Now, it doesn't say it in Matthew, but it says it in Mark chapter 9, in Mark's version. Let's start here in verse 15. Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is a lunatic and sore vexed. For oftentimes he falleth into the fire and off into the water. And I brought him to thy disciples, and they could not cure him. Then Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him hither to me. And Jesus rebuked the devil, and he departed out of him, and the child was cured from that very hour. So this incident involves deliverance from a spirit of infirmity, which resulted in the restoration or the physical healing of his speech and his hearing. Amen. 19. Then came the disciples to Jesus apart and said, Why could not we cast him out? And Jesus said unto them, Because of your unbelief. For verily I say unto you, If you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, that same phrase, ye shall say unto this mountain, Remove hence to yonder place, and it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible unto you. Amen. Here, once again, Jesus makes it clear that the spirit of faith will cause you to speak out what you believe. Even if that means speaking to someone else's body and commanding deliverance and healing to come to them in Jesus' name. And if you can speak to someone else's body, you can speak to your body. Amen. I say again, have you talked to your body lately? Quit reciting your moans and your groans and your pains and your symptoms and get up in the morning and in spite of what you feel, say, I am refreshed. I have embraced the spirit of Caleb this morning. Caleb was 85, and he said he was strong as he was when he was in his 40s. I'm embracing that spirit, a man who was not even born again, a man who is not spirit-filled. I'm born again, spirit-filled. How much more should I be saying I embrace the spirit of Caleb? And just because I'm getting a little older doesn't mean I have to put up with these pains or these symptoms in Jesus' name. You got to take a stand. Listen, if you don't fight, the devil's going to steamroll you. 
I'm getting older, I'm getting stronger, I'm getting wiser, I'm getting healthier. Listen, Psalm 91, the very last verse says, With long life I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. You know that last word there, salvation? That's the word Yeshua. That's the Hebrew word for Jesus. With long life I will satisfy him and show him my Jesus. Amen. When God blesses you with a long life, a long, healthy, strong life, He's showing you Jesus. He is delivering the promise of Jesus to you bodily. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Now, I get on my soapbox about that quite often because I'm, I'm not going to be some old cranky old man talking about his pains all the time. I'm going to walk in victory. I'll tell you a little story. I went to a full gospel businessmen's meeting. This has probably been about seven or eight months ago. There was two 90-year-old women there. One of them I knew very well. One of them I just met. One of them was in a wheelchair. One of them was strong and vigorous. The one in the wheelchair started telling me immediately when I was introduced to her about all the procedures that she had had and all the pain that she was enduring and all the things that were keeping her from doing what God wanted her to do. And she just went on and on and on and on. And I just said, bless you, darling. I, I just had to get away. Don't you know she got what she said? I went to the other 90-year-old woman, and she said, I am strong, and I've embraced the spirit of Caleb. And I'm 91. She was actually 91. And there is no sickness and there is no disease in my body. I'm going to live till 120. I mean, she's just full of life and vigor and preaching and speaking the word. She's speaking the word over herself daily. She rattled off a list of scriptures. She speaks over herself. And I said, you're getting what you say. And this other woman is getting what she said. It was a very sad contrast, you know. And it's so hard to get it across to these people. Listen, your words are killing you. Change the way you speak. You know, even if you feel hurt, if you feel pain, if you feel like you're going down the tubes, you know, speak the word of the Lord anyway. You know, sometimes you need to progress from speaking to your body to speaking to your soul. I tell you a good place to start. Psalm 103, verse 2 and 3. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgiveth all mine iniquities, who healeth all my diseases. Tell your soul to bless the Lord, because you are healed. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. You can speak to other people's bodies and command them to be healed. In fact, if you go through the scriptures, you'll find out that that was Jesus' preferred method for ministering healing. He just spoke. He just spoke. To give you three scriptural examples. Matthew 8, verse 2 and 3. The leper came to him, and behold, there came a leper and worshipped him, saying, Lord, if thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. And Jesus put forth his hand and touched him, saying... I will be thou clean. And immediately 
his leprosy was cleansed. He just spoke the word and that leper was instantly healed. Matthew chapter 12, verse 13. This was a man that had a withered hand in the uh, synagogue and Jesus on the Sabbath day to the chagrin of his critics healed him. Verse 13. Then saith he to the man, stretch forth thine hand and he stretched it forth and it was restored whole like as the other. Luke 11, 11 through 13, there was a woman bowed over with arthritis. You get the impression she walked around at a 90-degree angle 18 years. And behold, there was a woman which had a spirit of infirmity 18 years and was bowed together and could in no wise lift up herself. And when Jesus saw her, he called her to him and said unto her, Woman, thou art loose from thine infirmity. And he laid his hands on her, and immediately she was made straight. And glorified God. I like that one. He spoke the word. And then he laid hands on her. Sometimes he just spoke the word. Hallelujah. Glory to God. But Jesus preferred method of ministering healing. Was speaking to the condition. And commanding it to leave. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Now if we can follow Jesus example. And learn to speak to other people's bodies. We can learn to speak to our own bodies. I'll tell you what. I am encouraged by some of the things I've seen in the past when I've spoken over other people's bodies. I'll give you a couple examples. There was a lady. She was deaf in her left ear since she was a child. She was about 27 years old. I was preaching at our home church in Minden, Louisiana. She came up. Actually, she's about two-thirds way down a healing line and I came to her and I started praying for her and nothing happened and the Lord said she's got a spirit of infirmity all you have to do is cast the spirit out and she'll hear and I put my finger in her ear and I said you foul spirit of infirmity foul spirit of deafness come out in the name of Jesus and her ear popped open instantly and she heard for the first time in 27 years another time a man came to me at a um seminar I was teaching at our church in Corpus Christi, Texas. His right shoulder blade had been deteriorated and eaten away by a degenerative bone disease. And so when he came to me in the middle of a class with about, I don't know, maybe 15 or 20 students, uh, and I thought he was completely healthy until he turned and showed me his shoulder. His left shoulder blade was normal, but where he should have had a right shoulder blade, there was just a hole in his back. So what I did, what the Lord instructed me to do is I put my right hand on his chest. I put my left hand in the hole in his back, which was kind of uncomfortable because it drew attention to his deformity. But then a boldness came on me and I just began to speak to his body. I said, I command the bones to start growing. I command blood vessels, ligaments, tendons. You come back in Jesus name. You grow in Jesus name. You be normal in Jesus name. You be restored in Jesus name. After about 10 seconds of that, I started hearing some popping and grinding. And in a matter of about 10 seconds, that shoulder blade grew out of that hole and was completely restored. It was a creative miracle, which began because I started speaking to his body. Now, if I could speak to Andy Edlin's body, I remember his name because we got to be good friends. And uh, we even kept track of each other for about seven years after that. If I can believe God to speak to Andy's body, I can believe God to speak to my body. 
Amen? So I encourage you to speak to your, to your friends and your relatives. Speak to their bodies, but speak to your body too. Amen? It's the one you live in. Amen? It's your earth suit. Take care of your earth suit. All right, amen. We need to learn to speak to our bodies and command healing. We need to learn to curse sickness, disease, and pain, symptoms. It may feel weird at first to say things like, Hand, I'm talking to you. (laughs) You straighten up in Jesus' name. Pain, leave my hands. Leave my feet. Leave my back. Leave my neck. And leave it now in Jesus' name. It's a little weird. It's a little strange. But listen, you'll get used to it. Just don't do it in Walmart. They won't understand. Trust me. They won't. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Just say this with me. From this day forward, I will speak to my body. I will command it. To line up with the word of God. I will speak to pain. I will speak to symptoms. And command them to go. In Jesus name. Amen. Amen. We hope you enjoyed today's message. If you would like to learn more about Faith Life Fellowship. And access more of Dr. Forrest's teachings. You can visit our website at gofaithlife.com. Also, visit and like our Facebook page at Faith Life Wilmington.